0: You gotta take John Otney. Colin Westman. Matt Matt
1: Carson. If you can't tell by my beautiful sing-songy delivery, we're talking about albums again this week. Specifically concept albums. I couldn't tell. Uh, I guess concept albums meaning albums that
2: are about stuff. That have a theme or narrative. Is that good? I think so.
0: There was some sort of idea behind the album, some sort of conceptual thing pulling it all together. I don't know. Yeah.
1: Cool. Anyway, we've got a lot to get to, so let's get right to it. Talk about 2112 by Rush.
2: breakout one right
3: pretty much i mean they uh basically the record label said hey stop doing all this concept bullshit it sucks no one likes it (laughs) and they were like fuck you and they did it anyways again and uh
2: and and it worked and it was really popular yeah now this one doesn't really yeah go on i'm just wondering
3: like does the label not like check in when you're like doing the record? Like, <laughs> oh, you have four twenty-minute songs. Oh, like how does that? How do they get it by? I feel like if if I'm a record label and I'm paying for this to be made, and I tell you not to do this, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it's like,
3: oh, well, never mind. It Just comes out. I don't really understand how that works, but I, I don't feel like.
0: I don't feel like the record labels are usually that involved in the creative process of an album. They just kind of give the, yeah. bands the money to make the album, and they just kind of go away and hope that it's a hit because they, yeah. they don't really know. Yeah, to make it that. better or anything.
3: But I feel like when when uh, when the albums or when the band's kind of on its last leg with the company, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. they'd had a few records out and they weren't really that popular, so I felt like it was like their last shot. But yeah, maybe I'm just a greedy executive
2: I'm glad it worked out <laughs> it it was a hit wasn't it yeah it was, it was, crazy. was a really commercial success because it's got that one 20 minute song does it follow a concept after that song no it, it's just like one side of the record was a concept. Yeah, but it's like 20 minutes of 38 minutes so it's pretty much like the whole album yeah but yeah, it was a long time. I don't know if I actually heard the whole thing, but I remember the part where the guy's like finds the guitar and is like tuning it, <laughs> discovering what power it wields. Yeah. yeah, that's always fun kind of like funny about Rush. They're like dun- if Dungeons and Dragons materialize into a band or something. <laughs> just like the feel of them.
0: Well, I feel like this one's more about sci fi. Oh yeah. Year two thousand sixty
2: two. Wait, it's yeah. not
3: the year twenty one twelve? Uh, no, here. A galaxy-wide war results in the union of all planets under the rule of the Red Star of the Solar Federation. <laughs> oh, yeah, I got all that. By 2112, the world is controlled by... I don't understand. Oh, oh, I get it. I was thinking 2112 is before 2062, but it's not. No. So, like, yeah. by 2112, the world is controlled by the priests of the Temple of Syrinx who determined the content of all reading matters, songs, pictures, every facet of life. So it sounds a little bit like Master System. The robots are...
2: Isn't this, like, really inspired by Ayn Rand? I think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... I don't know what to do with that is.
0: Can you get all that from listening to that song? <laughs> or is that, like, in the liner notes of the album? <laughs>
2: Somewhere in the liner notes. I'd be okay. amazed if they could get that all across <laughs> in all the lyrics doesn't Neil Pert write all the lyrics yeah that's something funny about that I don't know the drummer coming in, he's got this huge story it's really serious and <laughs> African sci-fi based how come this isn't like a movie yet should be <laughs> starring Rush <laughs> I don't know if anyone wants to see it now maybe if it come out in like the 80s I don't want to see it, man. Yeah, I guess. It was in IMAX or something. And, like, and that, yeah, IMAX, and Neil Pert's like,
3: the naked guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's like... Yeah, I know what you're talking about. The naked guy was on the cover. But where, I think, is he on the back cover?
2: Must be. He's on all the t-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> Who is that guy? Who's that naked guy? Snail <laughs> Snail Purr. He's always like in front of a big star or something. Yeah.
3: His I name mean. is
0: All. OW! What? Well, <laughs> his <laughs> name's All. Why'd you scream it like that?
3: No. <laughs> no, I said, OW! my oh. god. <laughs>
0: The cat um, bit you.
3: No, he tried to jump in, on my lap, and then he pulled yeah. like, <laughs> your life onto my your leg.
0: I, I see. Why you're uh, screaming all? <laughs> oh, oh!
3: <laughs> that is his name. But anyways, so all the naked man means is the. Oh, never mind. I guess his name's not oh. uh, all.
0: It's disappointing.
3: But anyways, it, he means he's the abstract man against the masses. The red star symbolizes any collectivist mentality.
2: Wow. I really want to listen to this again. I didn't realize it's so deep.
3: What about the red star of the solar federation? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like some, like, prequel shit.
2: Yeah, it does. <laughs> I'm reading, like, this sweet ad for the album. Suddenly, you're thrust through the barriers of time into Russia's chilling vision of the year 2112. A time of temple vision, Megadon, twin moons, and atmospheric domes. A time when city and sky merged into a single plane. Discover it for yourself on side one of Russia's new rock opera. 2112. It's 136 years ahead of its time. <laughs> and it's like, buy the eight track. <laughs> and the Baltic cassette. <laughs>
1: God, I wish the Tea Party people would make this a movie. <laughs> That'd be pretty good.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even though it's, like, inspired by Anne Rand, I don't feel like that's what Neil Pert, like, believes, like.
3: No, I remember on classic albums, he was, yeah. like, like, people were like, you're fucking crazy.
2: Yeah. But, no. They're just trying to tell a simple story about some sort of star federation, solar federation, solar federation, right? <laughs> and the scary of like music I heard and stuff.
3: All the songs about like Congress
2: and stuff. <laughs> that'd be so. That'd be so boring. Can you imagine if they just like episode one album and it's just all about like trade federation, embargoes and stuff? Should have been the next. Album we did. That's bad.
3: I said one well, on the album.
2: Yeah. Sounds pretty sweet. Well, I haven't, I haven't heard this in a while, but I mean, it's, I like it in my memory. Though I also kind of like it in kind of like a cheesy way.
3: I mean, music. I
2: think please. all,
0: I think all rush. You have to like it kind of a cheesy way. Yeah.
3: I don't think that's. A- I think that's true from a lyrical standpoint, but I mean the music is so technically like amazing.
2: Yeah, well, I think it, I think, like,
3: it's, I think it's, it's such like the musicianship on these records is so good that I mean I I think it kind of makes up for
2: how oh there's there's no denying that yeah. I'm just saying it is cheesy lyrically and vocally because there's a lot of people or critics early on that did not like. Geddy Lee's voice and I like I, I've always sort of understood that but I still yeah, kind of like
3: yeah, it. It. it's definitely a a unique thing and it's not for everybody
2: but mm-hmm.
3: I always I, I always thought it was a woman at first like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Lee
0: was
3: a woman. <laughs> <It> sounds hot <laughs> I
2: wonder if he's recording this naked in front of a big solar federation <laughs> but uh yeah i think they'll be in consideration what do we got next
0: <laughs> why not
1: <laughs> yeah why not <laughs> uh, next up is uh, 69 love songs by the magnetic fields
3: Are you
0: I guess the concept behind this is well, pretty much in the title. It's 69 love songs spread over three discs of music. It's like three hours long, but the thing that I'm always amazed by is just like how good, like every song on it is. Um, I mean, the songs are love songs, but there's like, there's this very tongue in cheek nature to Stephen Merritt's songwriting. Um, I know, Sean, your favorite song is Yeah, Yeah, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, even that song, you can, like, get swept up in, like, how pretty it is. But then you, like, listen to the lyrics, and it's about this husband and wife who are, like, super miserable. And the husband, like, just wants to kill his wife. It's just, like, a lot of the songs have that kind of dark comic nature to them.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like the 56th song on that album. How did you get to that? (laughs) I I just can't fathom listening to that much music by one band, especially one that I've never heard of. So I haven't gotten to this one yet.
0: Yeah, it's a big one. I feel like when I finally got into it, I was basically just listening to this album for like a month because there's just like so much to to dive into.
2: Definitely seems like a project. Yeah, how do they do this like live (laughs) do Uh, that I guess I I feel like they
0: did play it in its entirety once which would have been pretty cool I guess Um, I don't know the thing about it is it's like it's so much music and so much of it is so good I haven't like felt the need to check out any of the magnetic fields like other albums it's just like I'm I'm good with this it's enough
2: yeah, I get that. Because I don't, I don't
0: feel like they could top it, really.
2: Uh-huh. So the concept is just
0: love, though? Basically. But, I mean, I know Stephen Merritt said it's about kind of love songs that are about love songs, which <laughs> is kind of hard to wrap your mind around. But just about the fact that love songs don't really have anything to do with actual love. They're just kind of... Very pleasant uh, sort of Hollywoodized takes on love a lot of the time, especially in pop music, I guess. Oh, that's
2: interesting. And Sean, you've, you've heard this too. You're a fan of this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Are you going to say anything else besides that? Say <laughs> so like three times.
1: I was going to see how far I could make it with just that.
0: But I, I caught on... Um,
1: um. yeah pretty much it's, it's not an album that I go to all the time but it's pretty you know it being like three hours long it's pretty easy to just put it on and let it go you're not going to be disappointed
0: yeah I always put it on when like I don't know whenever I was at the airport or DMV. On a flight. Just in any, like, when you're just kind of sitting around for long periods of time, I just put this album on shuffle. And I was just, just like, get so excited because I'm like, oh my God, another great song? Oh yeah, I forgot about this one. And it's just like, for me, the album it just
1: keeps Yeah, on. forgetting about songs is a huge thing on Six of I Love
0: songs. I know. That's what's <laughs> like, kind of nice about how, how much music there is, is you can forget about. It songs you really like does it experiment with genre yeah primarily no i feel like it dives into a whole bunch of different genres uh kind of country i guess sort of 80s synth pop um kind of like show tunes inspired stuff um rap metal Rap metal, not so much. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, it definitely is a pretty diverse album musically. The has a suggestive title. Yeah.
1: Well, I think it, it was originally it was supposed to be a hundred love songs, wasn't it? And he decided to cut it down.
2: Jesus.
0: <laughs> I'm glad to see that most of these songs are like
2: two minutes. Or, like, 27
0: seconds. They're they're usually pretty straightforward pop songs.
2: Is this, like, lo-fi? No. I feel like the production's pretty... See, that amazes me. Like, this album costs, like, a a lot of money. I mean, to basically record three albums. I wonder.
0: I feel like it didn't. I mean, they're a pretty low-profile indie band. I doubt it costs that much. I mean, I I guess
2: I don't really know about that aspect of recording but I, I figured studio time is expensive no matter who you're doing it with not if you own the studio uh yeah I was wondering if, if that was a case or if it's like I don't know but I mean they did it <laughs> <laughs> there you go now I'm just looking at all the instruments included one of them just says is like something they bought from Radio Shack <laughs> So Radio Shack 75 in 1 project kit. <laughs> it's my favorite instrument. And Slinky. Slinky, literally slinky. slinky the toy, it was an instrument on this album. that would like just going like just like shaking it. Okay. All right. I can imagine
0: that. Um some of these songs. It makes a distinct sound. <laughs> Oh, dude, one of the members of this band is John Wu. Oh, yeah. Action director John Wu. <laughs> I didn't know he played banjo. Oh, yeah. He all all right. plays it in slow motion, though. Diving through the air. Diving through
3: the air. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: guess that's my impression of a really bad banjo. All right. Well, it sounds like it's going to be considered. Let's go to the Kinks. Together, can you remind me why?
1: Because we decided we're going to talk about them at the same time.
0: Okay. Well, also, I feel like they have kind of similar concepts, just because both of them are basically just about being British, painfully British, painfully British. British. Um, I mean, the Kinks are the Village Green Preservation Society. Seems like it's a little bit more about like. Everyday British life, and then Arthur seems more about like you know, Britain as an empire, basically like in the past.
2: And like it's history, and they got Victoria. They have a song about her.
0: Yeah, a song about colonizing Australia. Song about Winston Churchill. Yeah,
2: I, I got that one on vinyl. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> But I got, what, about, what about multi about Multi-cassette.
0: Multi-
2: <laughs> if, hey, if I could find it, I'd get it. I'm pretty sure it's like... I don't super, think you're super super. looking hard enough. I don't, looking multi- <laughs> I, I don't want to go into collecting multi-cassettes. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't need it in my life. You're not a true fan. I guess not. But I always have... The audio quality like, is, like,
3: really good. Like, it's, like, better than vinyl.
2: I don't think it is. <laughs> But I, I don't. I don't know until I've tried it. It's like
3: as good as VHS.
2: <laughs> I wonder if you can still get cassettes for pretty cheap. I think you can.
3: Half-price books are like give it. Yeah, they like give you one. When
2: <laughs> yeah. I remember going to that uh, music store across from Dick's on Forty Fifth, and they have lots of tapes in there. At least last time I went. Right, you just like... go to Dick's. What? You just go to dicks, and then you just, you, know, you just go, but they're all like twenty four cents and stuff. <laughs> I was like wow, I could really make just scoop all this stuff up. I think I may have actually got one. I got like a Simon Garfunkel tape.
1: Yeah, why not? You buy with a quarter and you get change back. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> a waste of money not to do it. I suppose. I suppose. But what wasn't a waste of money is when I got the Kinks' Village Green Preservation Society Deluxe Edition. You know those deluxe edition CDs where it's like three discs and like a million bonus tracks and stuff? Yeah, you
0: lent it to me to burn onto iTunes. But I was like, eh, I think I only need the first disc.
2: Yeah, you probably didn't need the other ones. So I feel like I know that album pretty well. And this was the album that made me a fan because Picture Book, I remember I heard it in a commercial for like a printer. And that um, launched my fandom And this, I listened to all of Christmas of whenever that deluxe edition came out. I don't know. Uh, Was it 2004? I'm going to say 2004. So this album was my 2004 (laughs) Which is weird to say about an album from 1968. But no, I love the themes. I love the kind of laid back, almost like just kicking it back on a Sunday afternoon, sipping on tea, uh, feel to it. Sitting on your village green talking about goofy relatives and like ugly babies and like fat people. (laughs) I I just, it's kind of, I guess some people can maybe find kind of like this, this is totally lame. This is totally weak. (laughs) (laughs) Like these aren't like, these aren't cool things to sing about, but they're, I don't know. They, they, they tell these little stories and they're nice little stories. It's like, it's like how I how I like Monty Python or something. It has a quaintness to it, a silliness to it. Uh, I like, I, of course, I like Arthur a lot too. But I've never liked it quite as much. Probably just because I didn't have the same experience with, with having like the deluxe edition and everything. <laughs> just having it on vinyl and not on multi cassette. Maybe that was the uh, you know why I didn't enjoy it as much. But I've always liked it. Uh, the question is, like, how do you break these up, or do you break them up? Um, when, you, when you put them onto a list.
0: I feel like it'd be fair to put them together, just because they are pretty similar.
2: Thematically very similar. In theme and tone, basically. And they came out pretty close to each other, too. Yeah, they're back-to-back. They're both in the same vein. You know what came right after these two? Lola. And then before these, something else. That's a great string of albums. Yeah. This is probably their best period of music, I think. So, yeah, I don't think there's much more to say. I think it's going to make it. Not much else to think about. But now we need to think pink.
1: Get our brains fried and look at the lasers. (laughs) Dark side of the moon and the wall.
0: What's the concept there, Sean? It's like—could you break um, it down for me? Uh, it's
1: supposed to be,
0: um, well,
1: both sides of the album are are continuous pieces of music. You know this, but what you might not know <laughs> is that it's supposed to reflect the like human life.
2: I think. You think? <laughs> like, yeah. Well, they did, like, record all those, like, people on it talking in certain parts, like,
0: I am not afraid of death. I'll die right now. Come <laughs> <laughs> at me, bro. Come at me. I, I think time I time heard before. that on there. You're yeah. Come at me, bro. You have. Um,
2: the original bro. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to hear that there's a concept in this album, even though I've never noticed it, because I'm pretty sure... Like, all Pink Floyd albums after their second or third album are a concept album. That's pretty much what they did in the 70s. Well, that and the
0: fact that Tron stated that the concept is it's reflecting human life. And that's, like, the broadest concept you well, can possibly Well, no, no, to. no.
1: Like, like, it's it's like going through life. Like Going through life? Like, okay. it starts with, like, just a, a heartbeat in a... What's the first song called? Breathe. Speak, speak to Me? Speak to Me.
0: Okay, then it's Breathe.
2: They're pretty much like the same track. Basically. Well, yeah, because, like I said, it's supposed to be one continuous piece of music. Yeah. Which I like. I love this album, by the way. I think most of us do. I'm just trying to grasp what it's trying to say. I always figured it was just like, oh, it's probably about, like, Sid Barrett or something. I mean, that's what they're all about, isn't it? Yeah, there definitely is a track here called like "Brain Damage" that's probably about him. I'm pretty sure. Of course, you know "Wish You Were Here" was the more Sid barity concept album. Yeah, I mean I don't know. It's it, this one's hard for me to wrap my mind around, but I, I like it a lot. Uh, so let's let's jump ahead to the wall real quick. That one's I think a little more clear because it's a movie. It's like a narrative. Yeah, they made it into a movie. I mean, there's only like one other album on here, like right, *Sgt. Pepper*. I got a movie with oh, the Bee Gees, the Who albums. *Tommy* oh, and Ruffini. They both got movies. <laughs> Forgot. Well, it's hard to go my head. I didn't actually make it all the way through the wall to like a year ago because I was like, oh my god, it's so much. It's not that much though. It goes by pretty quick, and it's pretty great. Though I do always kind of felt like it more of just felt like Roger Waters doing everything. Like it's his – I guess he pretty much was the reason Pink Floyd was so awesome at that period of time. Mm, no. <laughs> I feel like it's all of
0: them. I feel like they all contributed a lot. To this one? Well, not to The Wall. I guess yeah. the earlier albums. Yeah. The Wall is basically Roger well, Waters. Well, one of this
2: period of time I meant exclusively 1979. Okay. <laughs> okay. I think that's one reason that it slightly disappointed me because I feel like the input of the band was, the rest of the band was a little less. Because it definitely in the album before this, Roger Waters did everything that was on animals. And I feel like there's the same thing again. So, what was the story here? I, something about a crazy guy. I feel like it's supposed to be about.
0: Actually, I don't know because. I have seen the wall, of the movie, and I don't know if I'll just be confusing the movie's plot with the album's plot. Just go
2: with the movie's plot. That's good. Well, enough. it's
0: about like a rock star, like being so like fed up with the world and fame and everything that he just shuts himself off from the world. He creates a wall, and that's a pretty dark <laughs> concept for an album, which always kind of surprised me that the wall, like. It's like a huge selling album it's all like 50 billion records and it's so like dark and weird and
1: so he's 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 not being walled off he's walling himself off from yeah society
0: that's that's what I got from the album
2: right and well I, I'm not surprised it was the most successful because it had like their only successful like real single yeah which is another breaking the wall part two I think is two right I think that's the there's, one. Yeah, because yeah, there's three parts, but there's lots of uh, classic tracks. I mean, it's not really about the individual tracks; it's more about the whole feel of it. But there are some great breakout songs, like "Comfortably Numb" and everything. Yeah, I mean, come on, most beautiful guitar solo ever, "Comfortably Numb." It's definitely up there. I mean, off the top of my head, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, have you, Sean have you listened to the wall yeah of course I don't know <laughs> you haven't said anything
1: yet uh, I like the song
2: Run Like Hell yeah, so that, that sounds too think. sure so. <laughs> 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 I it. you just seem to recall
1: um, another brick in the wall part 2 gets played a lot in my family uh, and lots of people trying to do bad British accents I was going way down like now, I'm Sounds great. <laughs> yeah.
2: Sweet. This is another one that I like I dabbled with listening to it on vinyl for a period of time. but I don't think I ever listened to it the whole way through on vinyl cuz that's just too much work. You got to flip it and keep doing all that. And then I used the album cover as a background for a war story. Just this thing, this like these short films I made with G.I. Joe's. I don't think that, I don't know if I ever used that scene. And like I taped something to it. And then I just took it off and I, like totally wrecked the whole cover. <laughs> like ripped off the wall. I brought down the wall, with tape. And then I hit it. I don't think anyone ever found out. I destroyed a really nice copy of the wall for my own art makes you think possibly
1: award winning who
2: knows <laughs> possibly I mean it has been a while since I've listened to it I mean I, I, I had to ask you whether it was about Colin I don't remember I remember it's about some crazy guy uh, or something and in the movies shaves off his eyebrows and stuff I just you I, know. Sign of I just like the music. It's a little more, it's funny. More even though it's, it, it's a concept album. I feel like it's a little more accessible, actually, than some other Pink Floyd stuff. The songs are a little more straightforward. I mean, you can just Maybe. read it if you want. <laughs> no. I mean, Pink Floyd is always one of those bands that
0: kind of astounds me that they were so popular just because they were doing something so specific and so strange and so experimental.
2: But I mean, like, it's not like progressive in any way, it's more closer to some some kind of pop rock. I mean yeah. it's still kind of weird and yeah. But it's <laughs> I feel I thought it was a little more conventional the first time I listened to it and I was really surprised by that. Mm. And uh it's definitely what I want to try out again sometime.
1: You guys know I've been to a Dark Side of the Moon laser light show?
2: I did not know
1: that. <laughs> it was at the uh Science Center in Seattle.
2: Yeah. I imagine it would be. Was it good, though?
1: It was interesting.
2: See, I feel like laser light shows always sound cool, but then you ask someone if it was good, and they're like, eh, it's okay.
1: I'm sure I would have really enjoyed it if I was into, like, hallucinogenic drugs or something.
2: <laughs> Are lasers just, like, not as good? As- but
1: I, I just went in straight sober, and, you know. Like, they play money, and there's like they make laser cash register, and laser coins, like, flying across the ceiling. Yeah, um, I saw it with the, the the Geeks Squad. No, I mean the Idiots, the, the the idiots the Squad. Idiot
0: squad. <laughs> the Geek Squad, Chris's Bicky and no. Brandon Riggins.
1: Oh, they did! I probably would have had a better time with those guys.
0: Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, idiots Squad, yeah, they're fine. They're just like talking about Tool a whole lot before. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, cool. they were singing Banana Phone when we left I remember that they are like singing with each other you know that song ring 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 ring. banana phone no I don't remember no. I have no idea you're talking about you guys about never it, heard but... that song god you haven't lived
0: I haven't lived
1: like Randy Newman when he made Good Old Boys a song where he says the n-word a bunch or not a song what's that song called
0: uh rednecks yeah last night i saw lester maddox on a tv show with some smart ass new york jew and the jew laughed at lester maddox. and the audience laughed at lester maddox too well he may be a fool but he's awful and if they think they're better than him they're wrong so I went to the park and I took some paper along. And that's where I made this song. We talked real down yeah. This is
1: Rainy Noon. He did the Toy Story Rain song. And his music sounds exactly like Toy Story or
2: I mean, obviously, his songs are like in an ironic way and they're satirical. I don't think he's got that much rage. and that.
0: Yeah, and he's, he's big on telling stories from the point of view of characters that are kind of out there.
1: Oh, yeah, totally.
0: And I feel like, you know, this is the one where it seems like all the songs are just told from the view of southern people.
2: Larry the Cable Guy.
0: Larry the Cable Guy, <laughs> yeah. You know, they're all just hard-drinking, sometimes bigoted good old boys, but... uh
1: yeah.
0: I don't think he likes them. I don't know if you like them, but you like the songs. The songs are fantastic. Just the, the arrangements. Arrangement. I like them.
1: Don't talk in second person, Colin. You like them.
2: I like Let's them. See too. what I did there? So.
0: You're right. Well, Randy Newman's mixing up. He's he screwed me
2: up. Uh, <laughs> I like them. I always thought it was amazing how his music seemed so I don't know, laid back. You know, just D-d-d-d-d-d-d. But then he's got these like these really bold themes. You know. Yeah. That like if someone wasn't aware like of what he's doing, they'd be like kind of shocked. <laughs> like, oh my god, what's this guy singing about? This is the this is the Bugs Life guy. <laughs> I don't know I, I why Bugs Life out of all of them that I could have gone with. But... <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's just a great storyteller. And singer songwriter. I just I don't know what else there is to say. It's true. It's one of those albums where he gets everything right. Not fucking it up. Yeah. <laughs> like he probably did later. I don't
1: um, know. I don't know. do you, you guys just think Randy Newman is fucked for people of our generation and younger?
0: Yeah, that's the I think that's why it took me so long to get into him. Like, I didn't get into his music until like a year ago. And me too. It's probably because I just knew him as the guy that did the silly Pixar movies, even though. The music he did in the 70s is really good, <laughs> really kind of quirky and odd, but just full of this like great great ear for songwriting.
1: Well, it's more than him just being like the, the Disney soundtrack guy. He has, like, whenever you see anything Randy Newman related now, it's just like, you know, I'm just doing songs about what's going on in my life.
0: Like on Family Guy? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's total bullshit because he seems like a guy that really sing, thinks about his songs when he's writing them.
2: I mean, that and there's always going to be people that misinterpret his message. You're like, dude, I'm short, I'm not short people, song peace me off. <laughs> or like he came out with that, like, I'm dreaming of a white president song this year, which is pretty good. But I feel like there's still people that are still like dumb enough to like not get it. Why does he hate black people? <laughs> I mean, that's uh, there, there's a lot of reasons why I don't think Randy Newman is, is really, really popular. I mean, obviously, he's always going to be popular for doing the Pixar stuff. But, I mean, his other work, people are going to, like, think, oh, he's got the goody two-shoe Toy Story music. And they're going to listen to these. And they're going to find, like, that kind of polarizing when they hear his, his, his songs and what they're about with his style of music. And I don't know. He's just... He's, like tough to explain to people, maybe, but it's worth checking out.
1: Seriously, it's so like listening to rednecks. If all you think of him is Disney music, is fucked up. Yeah. The chorus. The chorus has like, I think it's keeping the niggers down. Is that the lyric?
0: That's
2: the lyric. God,
1: yeah. like that's how it starts.
2: Yep. Yeah. On a side note, he also did some great instrumental scores and everything for movies like *The Natural*. He's just talented all around, and he has the worst album covers. <laughs> just you know, I, I you know I recommend everyone check out *Good Old Boys* album cover. It's just like this out of focus picture of Randy Newman. And it's really red. I feel like all, most of his album covers are kind of. Eh. See so when he's got like sweet kids makeup. See my dad had a bunch of Randy Newman records. When I was growing up, so I always like would look at him. Like some of these album covers are pretty bad, but this one's pretty good. This one really looks like kids. I <laughs> it for them yeah, again. Totally but yeah, I mean check it out. It's only 33 minutes, like you can do that. You can do that, America. It's it's totally worth it. And the one before this, I'd also recommend. It's also really good. This is a good period of time for him. And I think since me and Colin really like it, it'll probably have a good shot. It's was
1: Louisiana,
2: which we talked about a
1: while ago. We did. That was, that was the rain songs, wasn't it? Yeah. The weird things that come up multiple times on this podcast. Yeah,
0: I wouldn't have thought we'd talk about Ready to Do What's Good on Boys twice. But I like it. Are we just not going to cut anything
1: until we get to the end of this list? Probably. Actually, I think we're going to cut the very next thing. Because I'm guessing I'm still the only one on this podcast who's heard it. Uh, It's Hospice by the Antlers.
2: There's a bear
0: inside your stomach. Kind of... How
3: was
1: it? It was, like, 2009, I think, this came out. It's sort of in the vein of, like, a, a Bon Iver. Uh, the Antlers is mainly one dude who, like, disappeared in... I don't know if he, like, isolated himself, but he was, like... Just made this album in, like, his apartment or something. And it's... You know, incredibly personal and emotional, uh... It's called hospice because it's about uh, the relationship between uh, a hospice worker uh, and and a, and a woman who's who's there, a patient. So obviously she's terminally ill. This is really pretty. So you guys haven't heard, it, right? We can just move. No, on. No, I've heard
0: it. Oh yeah. I, well, I heard it back in two thousand nine when you did like a review on the blog of it, and I. Didn't really like it that much. And then I heard it again this last week when I thought we were going to talk about it. it's still... I'm not really that about the antlers. I'm sorry, Sean. I know you're a big fan.
1: I'm a huge fan.
0: Yeah. They just kind of make me sad and bored at the same time.
2: I don't like like that. I don't get that at all. Well, reading this story, it sounds a little sad. But I don't know how it ends. About hospice, the concept. Well,
1: that's interesting because it's kind of about a, an abusive relationship. Um, yeah. You think it would be, you know, just really like a really sad romance or something, but it's not.
2: It does involve terminal bone cancer. Bone cancer, you say? I'm just reading what it says on the Wikipedia. <laughs> The relationship between a hospice worker and a female patient suffering from terminal bone cancer. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> you didn't know that, but you've heard the album. It makes me well. Wonder. I know.
1: I like. I said. I know it's about a, a hospice worker and a patient. I didn't know terminal bone cancer. Uh, there's not a lyric that says, "And she had terminal bone cancer."
2: <laughs> Sounds like a good. <laughs> 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 I imagine that one's like, uh, like sweet, like electronic terminal terminal phone. it's like a sweet robot that sings it it's the machine that finds that head you have no <laughs> idea what this album sounds like do you <laughs> <laughs> this
0: would
2: have been a sweet electronic album i i, I can only see i have no idea what this sounds like i really wanted to get to it i just didn't manage to get to it in time
1: well, then i'll just say you know one of my favorites um, I'd recommend it to people who like Bon Iver, especially.
0: It's probably oh, I like Bon Iver. Mm. I'm okay with The Antlers. It's definitely pretty music, but I feel like after a while I just kind of zone out. It's a little too atmospheric, I guess.
2: I don't like Bon Iver. Should I still listen to this album? <laughs> uh, listen to Bear?
1: That's a good one. Okay.
0: Yeah, I like that song. Okay. I we'll got a couple songs on it.
1: There's a song kind of about Sylvia Plath called Sylvia. That's a good one. I guess we'll just move on. We got so much. Before left. we move on,
3: I just want to mention that if you're looking for a good time, uh, you can uh, go on over to the Rednecks YouTube video comments. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> Pretty interesting,
0: <laughs> that, that sounds interesting. <laughs> because a lot of
3: which are unfortunately uh, removed. Oh uh, <laughs> yeah. Still, uh, still, a good time.
0: Are there people that like support it? They're like, yeah, oh, yeah. You keep it's those. <laughs> like,
3: well, it's like half. Like, does this guy always sound retarded? And, like, uh, like, dude, fuck this guy. This guy is fucking racist. You know? And then <laughs> people are like. Obviously you don't know about the satirical nature of da, 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 da,
0: da. people like us, basically. Yeah. Yeah.
3: But it's like, you know, people like us that go out of their way to like try to reason with YouTube commenters. Like what do yeah. you
0: what are you trying to do? You know? <laughs> it's dangerous games. That's how they get off,
3: man. <laughs> oh I fucking told him. Oh,
1: oh, oh Obama
0: people are brother me. <laughs>
1: Alright, guys, I got good news. Sufyan Stevens invites you to come on and feel the Illinois. <laughs> That's actually what the title
0: of what this album is, I think. I, I thought it's just Illinois.
1: Have you ever seen the cover of the art?
0: I've seen the art, but that's I don't think that's what it's called. Well <laughs> I think it's just Illinois. I look at the cover art and it
1: says Supion Stevens invites you to come on feel the Illinois. And then Illinois is written really big. So maybe that's just it. But you think it's just Illinois, not Illinois? I
0: think it's just Illinois. But I've always heard you pronounce it as Illinois.
1: Well, there's an E, Colin.
0: I know. And it says,
1: come on, feel the Illinois.
0: Well, every every time I see it listed anywhere, it's just Illinois. Girls
3: rock your boys.
0: (laughs) Yeah, girls rock your boys. I said illa boys. Illa boys. (laughs) Okay.
1: So, Suthyan had this idea of doing an album for every state in the United States, which I think is like practically unlimited at this point. I'm not sure. But he only got two done <laughs> so far in like, I don't know, maybe a decade. When did Michigan come out?
0: Mission Michigan came out 2003, I think.
1: Yeah. So progress is slow.
0: And then 2005 was Illinois. I, I'm pretty sure he said that the whole thing was kind of a joke. He wasn't actually going to do it. You know, it doesn't sound like he plans to do it.
1: Well, you know what? I would be all about him <laughs> continuing. Well, I don't know. Lots of states don't have interesting history. Well,
0: so I already <laughs> did Iowa. I did hear that his next one was going to be Oregon, I think. Like he was doing research for it, but he scrapped it.
1: Where's he from? The Sufjan? Yeah. I think he's from Michigan. Okay. Anyway, this is like the most beautiful album.
0: Basically, it's pretty epic. Just like all the songs are so like sprawling and orchestral.
1: It starts with a song about like a UFO sighting. And it's just like one of those tender songs that ever hear. <laughs> it's this really delicate, beautiful piano part. If, and if you haven't heard Sufyan sing before, he sings pretty high and light.
0: Light. It's good. It's light and fluffy.
1: Yeah. Not at all like the way he speaks.
0: How does he speak? Is he really gruff?
1: He's. actually got a pretty deep voice. Uh, I expect it. I don't
0: think I've ever heard him speak.
1: Uh, I watched. A, I watched a, a live video of him playing a song, and uh, he he started by talking about. Uh, he's taking. Uh, singing lessons and found out that naturally he's a baritone <laughs> but he's like i don't think anyone would listen to me singing as a baritone
0: that's interesting yeah i remember when i first got into this album because of you and, and for some reason you're doing like this song a day thing like on Twitter or Facebook, like every day he'd post like, this is the song of the day. And I remember like the day after Obama was elected president, like the song was Chicago. And I was like, yeah, this is fitting. So whatever I hear is, all, it kind of fills me with that hope and pride of that post-election time in 2008.
1: That's great. I'm proud of me for doing that. Apparently, I have no memory of this at all.
0: (laughs) Well, maybe it's on Twitter. If you go back to your 2008 Twitter feed, it's impossible. I haven't heard it. Yeah, it's, it's pretty long. It's like 70 minutes.
1: Yeah, I mean there are a lot of like like in between track tracks on here. So it's not quite as long as it might look, but it's got to be over an hour.
0: No, it's about a- as long as it looks.
1: <laughs> there is, in fact, a-, a song about Superman. That's why Superman is on the cover.
2: What's Superman, have to do with Illinois.
0: Ooh, were the creators of Superman from mm-hmm. Illinois? Possibly Siegel and Shuster. That might be it. I mean, all the songs, I feel like, tie to Illinois in some way. Maybe not all, but most of them do. I'm trying to find us out.
2: <laughs> not like yet. Maybe they, are not from there, maybe they created them there for some reason. Maybe DC's
1: in Chicago.
2: Maybe. Uh, now I gotta find this out. This is riveting radio, live deduction.
0: <laughs> Internet searching.
2: Hey, you can keep talking, I'm just curious.
1: I would say that this album is really good, and probably the one you need to hear the most out of any that you haven't heard on this list.
0: Maybe. Just guessing. Just is- guessing. It's good. Should we just move on while Sean John's searching on the internet?
2: It's in Manhattan, I think. <laughs> DC <Disney> Comics. Anyways,
0: <laughs>
2: now for
1: something completely different. It's Frank Sinatra's "In the Wee Small Hours."
2: Sounds nice. It just, sounds it, nice. I don't
0: know. it just wouldn't work if it was in the small hours.
2: I think it would work, but it just
0: It'd work. It doesn't work with the
2: song. It's probably the mafia's idea. Didn't Frank Sinatra have connections with the mafia or something?
0: I feel like he did.
2: <laughs> Definitely seems like it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, some people say this is like the first concept album uh, pretty early on in the game when people were actually starting to take just albums in general serious as kind of an art form. Um, The concept, I guess, for me, I feel like it's just an album full of songs that kind of take place in that twilight hour. I feel like a lot of the songs are told from the perspective of someone just kind of Sitting in bed or just, I don't know, smoking a cigarette in their apartment just thinking about some girl they used to know and just thinking about, you know, how <laughs> how these relationships don't work out in the end.
1: You know what makes me really sad is when you said some girl used to know. I started thinking of Gautier. Yeah, so did I. So, that sucks.
0: I guess. Yeah, go sucks. But I guess that was at least whenever whenever I would listen to this album, it'd always be in the wee small hours of the morning. Like when I first got into it. It was, I think, my first year of college and I had this class at like 8 in the morning. And at 8 in the morning, you're not really in the mood to listen to much music, but this album's just so like soft and lush and Just really laid back; that it kind of just eases you into the day. I
2: always
0: really like that about it. Something I can put on early.
2: Oh sure, definitely atmospheric and old fashioned, in a good way, not like an intolerant or like sexist way or whatever that means. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. It captures that kind of twilighty night kind of our feeling, wherever you want to pinpoint the time. I don't know. I guess that's your decision. Yeah. I don't imagine it was Frank Sinatra's choice to be like, yo, this is the direction we're going with this album. We're going about this time of night, this time of day. <laughs> like, he could have just, I just, to me, this is like Frank sings Christmas, you know? It's like, it wasn't really a concept album as much to him, as much as, as it was probably just some guy started write a bunch of songs about Night or something, and they just threw them all together on an album. But I mean, I guess it still comes out as like a concept album. I don't know. It's uh, it's, it's pretty good. I don't what know are these
1: songs written by one
2: guy. I don't know. I don't think so. Probably written by a bunch of guys. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know like how to like categorize this. Like, is this like? I I have it in my iTunes. That's vocal jazz. <laughs>
0: I guess that's pretty close. I'm never sure what to categorize Frank. That was my decision,
2: too, (laughs) because they're, like, like, vocal. And I'm like, oh, yeah? Or maybe maybe they're, like, two, and I, like, I combine them. i was like, this is what it is. (laughs) It's not, like, it's not quite swing. No. It's a little little more uh, slow, ballady.
0: (laughs) It's very ballady, which... He basically did like the flip side of this album because his next one was uh, Songs for Swinging Lovers which is basically all just these upbeat swinging love songs and this album's the opposite it's just about being lonely Goody Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. uh, yeah
2: I, I like this song or this album um it doesn't really have any of his hits, which is interesting, because it's still uh, pretty compelling. But I, I mean, I haven't had any interest in checking out any other Frank Sinatra albums, so maybe that says something about its longevity, or I don't know, just something that makes it stand out over his other work. Just as a whole, it seems more successful than some of the other stuff he's probably done. I'm sure there is album like Frank Sings Christmas. No, I'm,
0: I'm pretty sure there is.
2: Maybe more one. It's just that period of time where people, that's what albums were like, you know. And isn't it weird when you see, like, old albums, like, if, like, an artist had a hit, they put it on multiple albums. So it's, it's interesting when you have one that's actually, like, an old album, like, kind of before rock really broke out, where it's, like, this actual conceptual whole. Like, that's really impressive that you can find something that's, like, an, a real
1: album. Albums of mm. Christmas in the title. Christmas Songs by Sinatra, A Jolly Christmas from Frank Sinatra, Twelve Songs of Christmas, and The Sinatra Family Wish You a Merry Christmas. Yeah.
2: I know. our next nice top ten, top ten Frank Sinatra Christmas albums. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I like this album, so I think it, it probably has a shot. Why not? Everything Maybe. does. The hell I Everything does.
1: <laughs> including... The band that inspired this whole thing to begin with uh, Titus Andronicus. Yeah. Although we're referring to The Monitor, not the whatever the hell their album is coming out this week. Yeah. Or that came out this week.
0: No, it's coming out the next week.
1: It's coming out next week?
0: Yeah, next Tuesday.
3: Time!
0: Time. Uh, yeah, the cars on the the to me to who knows where I'm not really expecting them to top this one just' because this album is so epic and sprawling and at the same time it like rocks so hard um the concept is kind of weird because the concept seems to be that it's about the civil war Uh, there are lots of like spoken word parts that are like speeches by jefferson davis and abraham lincoln like actual recordings yeah that's pretty awesome no they didn't have that technology back then
1: it seems like it's almost equally just about new jersey though
0: yeah, it is.
1: With hella Springsteen references.
0: Lots the Springsteen references. So that's what kind of makes it a weird gray area. And kind of surprising that the album works so well. But, you know, there's just this fury and energy to all the songs that, I don't know, there's love. I think it was my top album of 2010
1: yeah you like it more than everyone
0: basically that's why I don't think this one really needs to make the list cause yeah <laughs> I think I like it more than yeah, just about everyone
1: I'm all about like you know the first couple songs they're hella pissed I just start losing interest when they when they mellow out
0: yeah I can, I can understand that.
1: Like, I feel like there's a couple songs that are like eight minutes long. They don't even, like, yell in them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm like, come on. Do the more yelling. What happened to the enemy being everywhere?
0: What do you mean? It comes back at the end?
1: It's true. Ugh, but I never make it that far anymore. You never
2: make it that far. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember if I finished this album. Oh, okay, good. Nancy, you should listen to
1: it. There's a song called Theme from Cheers. Oh, nice.
3: (laughs) You might be disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) And with a title like that, you can't go wrong.
2: Is George Wendt, they have him on that Mm -hmm. rap? He
1: raps. He's a famous historical figure. He's actually, like, reading a bunch of Robert E. Lee quotes. And then making witty puns at the end. I don't know anything Robert Ely has ever said, otherwise I would have made something up on the spot. You
3: should have just made I would've
1: believed you
2: if you <laughs> fabricated an Robert so, yeah. Ely quote. You can suck my dick, I'm not gonna tell you nothing.
0: <laughs> Robert E. Lee. Is that what they said when they were doing the peace treaties at the end? <laughs> you can suck my dick. <laughs>
3: I'm not telling you
2: nothing. So not
0: telling you going never told me where the treasure is.
2: <laughs> Lincoln's gold. The real reason is so they fought the Civil War. <laughs> <is> Robert <laughs> E. Lee stole Lincoln's gold. <laughs> <laughs> and then buried it somewhere. No one's ever found it knows listen like to dick. There's the plot. See, I just came up with the plot for the next national treasure. Hard <laughs> <laughs> awesome. to R.
1: <laughs> Just for language.
2: Nicolas Cage also plays Robert E. Lee in Flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> Very sweet. Lincoln's gold. They haven't done that yet, have they? Lincoln's gold? <laughs> <laughs> Why would anyone have done that?
0: I don't feel I like don't... they're doing so many
1: Lincoln things. It's yes, true. They do the vampire. Why would
3: anyone do Lincoln Vampire Slayer? Like, <laughs> I, I, I'd rather... Or, like, I feel like it's more believable to have Lincoln's gold.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but as I've been saying, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter is great because it paves the way for Bill Clinton Succubus Slayer. (laughs) Which would just be the sexiest movie ever made. Oh, so much saxophone.
2: (laughs) Well, I can't wait for National Treasure 3 Gettysburg's Gold. (laughs) Just sounds good, like alliteration. You can't call it Lincoln's gold. I don't Maybe know. a little more clever than that. I don't like it. <laughs> well, National like, Treasure Three: Lincoln's Gold in 3D. It's, National it's, Treasure 3D.
1: If it's hidden in Gettysburg, it's not much of a search. You know, <laughs> they don't know
2: it's in Gettysburg. Uh, they the the I the it was
0: underneath his podium the whole
2: time. Well, oh, that's yeah. Maybe that's where Lincoln found the gold. He found but it, then he yeah. had to hide it for some reason.
1: They're saying, like, during the Battle of Gettysburg, there were a bunch of soldiers running around with, like, a treasure chest full of gold.
2: (laughs) It's the other side of the story. Yeah.
0: Digging up some alternative history here. Bury it.
1: Bury it where it belongs.
0: Yeah, we just take this one off.
1: And the mighty have fallen. Monitor. Hello. (sighs) I gotta take a breath before I even say it. The rise and fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders of Mars.
2: Yeah, talk about falling through on a concept. You just (laughs) lived it.
1: Go on. Well, it's the story of, uh... Alien?
2: Sounds close enough. Uh,
1: (laughs) Who becomes a rock star. And, uh... Is just totally destroyed by kind of the excesses of the rock star lifestyle. And also by his fans, I guess, maybe. Maybe. Or at least his band. They turn on him. Okay. A really good album, guys. Yeah, I know. I heard it Literally Man, I like all it. all the songs On this Are my favorite song ever written Each and every <laughs> one Wow Except for Lady Stardust
2: That's just like 4.5 out of 5 But uh I think I first heard about Ziggy Stardust Cause that was in Rock Band wasn't it Or Guitar Hero Yeah Guitar Hero 1 had yeah. Z, A sweet cover it's one of the few songs that I, I today that I can still always remember how to play on guitar because it's so awesome, such a great part. Because you played it so many
3: times on guitar here.
2: Yeah, it was just like it got me, yeah, I practiced it in the game. <laughs> and then I just picked up a guitar and I could just do it. Wouldn't so, it be great
1: if that was the case? <laughs> if, if real yeah. guitars were just like five frets, one
2: string? You do it every- You could do it all. But I feel like this is a great album for people that even don't really know about much about David Bowie because it's got some of the hits in there too. It's got like "Suburbia City" and "Moonage Dream, and stuff, and it's got other. It's just got a little bit of everything. Even his songs that like weren't commercial hits feel like they could have been hits. That they're still really catchy and, and poppy and well produced. Yes, it's fantastic album. I, I don't. I've never known the concept. I mean, I've known. You, Ziggy, and this band was a Spiders from Mars. I don't know what they were doing. Are they like, traveling through space, solving mysteries?
1: I think they were. I mean, if you listen to Starman, I think they're just there to to tell everyone things are going to be okay on Earth.
2: They have, they've right. come. They've come in peace. It's like day the Earth stood still, but with rock and roll. Um.
1: But also, uh god there's something cause five years they're talking about the world is gonna end in five years and I don't think they do anything about that <laughs> I think I think in the end of Ziggy Stardust you know as Ziggy is destroyed and commits suicide I think the world is still probably gonna
2: end in five years
1: <laughs> it's kinda <like laughs> yeah it's actually pretty bleak <laughs>
2: But it certainly doesn't feel bleak. This is an album makes me feel good. Listen to this album on buses a lot. <laughs> I don't know why that I thought that was worth bringing up. Hey man, it'll be good to you wherever you take it. I can agree with that.
1: Well, it sounds like it's probably going to make the list. Uh, this one probably won't. Sea Change by Beck because Colin doesn't like the concept.
0: is quite a concept I don't know tell me what do you think the concept is
1: well you gotta, you gotta take it back to uh, oh god who is he dating I think it was a celebrity I don't know Beck was dating a woman
3: no man no Both? Machine. <laughs> it's not believable. He's asexual. He's like what, he's what we like to call a gender nuclear.
2: <laughs> Doesn't he have a son?
0: I'm just kidding. I <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, remember Maybe. Th- this is this is still, you know, he raps all the time. Beck, uh, this is off. Midnight Vultures, I think, was the last album he did before this. Um, and then he found out that his girlfriend was cheating on him. So they broke up. And he was real sad. As as everyone is. After a breakup. Except when they really hate their... Uh, significant other. S.O., as I like to call him. And so he wrote... A bunch of songs that were uncharacteristically uh, introspective and emotional and sad. Uh, and it was such a shift that he even called the album uh, Sea Change, which is a radical, uh, you know, like a paradigm shift, basically. It was such a, a drastic change. And what's cool about it is the music is really, really good. Like, maybe maybe this is the best album he ever did. That's kind of where I am with it at this point. Uh, I, I mean, have you, guys, have you guys heard it? Yeah.
0: A long time ago. Uh... I don't know. I just feel like it's not really a concept if he's just being influenced by real life. I feel like there are other albums like that where someone went through a crisis and was kind of influenced to maybe take
2: their music in another direction.
0: It's not quite
2: a concept album. I don't know. I think I agree. It doesn't quite fit the mold of what we're going for. But it does seem like a pretty crucial album in his career but I've never been a really big Beck fan in general, so but all the songs are
1: kind of about him and his emotional state and and what it's like coming out of a relationship I mean there's a concept behind the production, and then there's also you know a theme to all the music
3: yeah, I guess like who are you to say like what concept means like it technically is a concept. But do I mean? Are they all about like the? I guess they're all about the same like event, right?
1: Pretty much.
0: I I don't know. They are sort of, but I don't know. (laughs) It has been a while since I've listened to it, so I can't give it a proper critique.
2: I, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've never really been in this album, so I can't, once again, for like the 10th time, I can't really go either way on this one. And it's all irrelevant
3: if it's not even... If it does, sure, it's a concept album, but does it make the list? Sounds like it's not going to make the list since two of us haven't heard it and one doesn't really want it to be on the list. I heard it but
1: yeah <laughs> I don't remember
2: it well so I might as well not
1: well it still has this great status as like the latest album that's been a CIT I think great fucking good you guys don't know what you're doing
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's a good album I like it but...
1: uh I got nothing. Separation Sunday by The whole Steady. Your
0: little hood rat front makes me sick. But after I get sick, I just get sad. Cause it barn's being broke. Hearts to be heartbroken. And always being both must be a drag. She's been calling me again. And she's been calling me again. Yep. Uh... This was the Hold Steady's second album. Um, There is a story there, but it's a little hard to follow just because the story's kind of rambling. It has kind of this Jack Kerouac-esque sort of thing where it's just kind of about people traveling around and, you know, just trying to live life to the fullest, partying, drinking, and yet also kind of trying to find some spiritual meaning Um, there's this very like very heavy Catholic overtones I think to the album like it's just talked about in all the songs I don't know Sean did you ever listen to this one? Yeah Uh,
1: I like Boys and Girls more than this and I like Stay
0: Positive more than that Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean there's there was definitely a shift, I guess, slowly in the in the Hold steady's music where their first two albums really didn't even like have like hooks and choruses. It's kind of just all based around Craig Finn's lyrics, which are always he's not even great. like singing. I know, he's like talking and he's just spouting off these like really intricate like verses that are almost like I don't know, weird poems or something, but it's, it's a really unique style, and I can kind of get it if you're not into that, but I am. It took me a while it, to get into this I one. It, I mean, it's probably pretty easy. I mean,
1: it's... Sure, the, the structure's a little weird, but it's still pretty classic Rocky. Yeah. yeah I I mean, I mean, the only reason
3: sound. I couldn't get into it is there's no real melody. Like, I couldn't... I don't know, I just wasn't like, I I didn't think it was like catchy at all, I couldn't like, sure like it rocks and stuff,
0: but you know what I mean? I just, I like the melody. Yeah, I I totally get that, considering the kind of music you like, which usually is pretty poppy, and this is totally different from that. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people say this is their best, um... I'm probably partial to Boys and Girls in America, but this one's definitely up there for me. Does it make, need to make a list? I don't know. Maybe not.
1: I don't know. Maybe I'm just bitter because you guys took Sea Change off the list.
0: You a little bitter. You <laughs> seem a little hostile, Sean. It's so- off the list. Okay,
1: fine. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, Sergeant Pepper's only Hearts Club band.
2: I feel like they gave up on the concept really Really early on. I mean, there's a reprise, but it's only on two tracks and then the reprise. That's like it. Nothing else in this album is connected in any way. But can we talk about concept albums without bringing this
1: up? I mean, we, we already skipped Pet Sounds. I really
2: don't feel like Pet Sounds is a concept album. And what you were saying earlier didn't sell me. Uh, I mean it, it was a cool idea I mean I feel like the whole idea of Sgt. Pepper that they were going to make like an album that they were going to like take on the road and like tour with and like Sgt. Pepper's only Art Club is like this fictional band but they didn't like doing any of that <laughs> <laughs> like that would have been pretty cool but that didn't happen because it's kind of complicated of course this album is amazing and it's cool how the first two tracks are connected
0: <laughs> yeah. But uh that part's sweet about it. <laughs>
3: there's there's other songs, you know, like the circus one and I felt like I mean, there's, I just... it, it was like more like it was kind of like there was multiple events at this tour. I mean that's how I always kind of connected it. But you're right, it's not
2: I mean you could definitely say it has like sort of a connecting style in that some of these songs are like like you're saying like circusy or yeah, I, I, I don't even know. But then you got like your Indian stuff and your fixing holes and being 64 years old. And uh, it's, like a, I just, it's like a do-it-yourself home improvement. Man. That's like the <laughs> middle of the sounds of that. It's being all day and fixing stuff around the house. There's a good concept album. You the call fixer. It, the fix. That's kind of that's has kind of dark. That's like a killer. The How fixer. about this? Grandpa can fix anything. This grandpa can fix anything. This grandpa can fix anything. That's see that that sounds like a little kid song. But anyways, Now, I understand why you'd put this into the mix because. It was intended to be, like, the most ambitious concept album of all time. Um, it didn't become that, but what it did become is still something pretty amazing. Do you think so.
1: maybe people count it just because it's the first Beatles album where it really feels like it It had to be an album? It's not just a bunch of singles?
2: You could maybe uh, argue.
1: I feel
3: like Robert Soul was kind of like an album, more or less.
2: I do understand that like Elvis yeah, yeah, yeah. It
3: was, it was, I mean it, it's definitely a landmark in where they were like uh, yeah we're not gonna like tour so
2: fits.
3: we're gonna give you this cool I like that we're gonna give you this cool idea but then we're just not gonna do it still <laughs> so take pretty sweet picture that sounds cool but it is a lot of work
0: yeah we're, we're just gonna a little it. too like, high really
2: I, little I still bit, went yeah they still went all out in a lot of other aspects. Didn't this album come out with like masks and like all sorts of cutouts and all sorts of cool stuff? I mean, this was some release. What did that? Uh, what did it? What inspired it? Like some Elvis
3: album that toured with his car
0: or something? No, car? just his car. Like Elvis had his car on tour. Oh. People would go see it. They're
2: <laughs> like, we could do that. <laughs> Wait, does this car do music? Is it like Night Rider? <laughs> <laughs> so he sent his Night Rider car to perform as him. <laughs> just driving through the city. Oh, there's Elvis' car. It's all got sequins and it's, it's all decked out. It's really fancy. Goes through all the drive-thrus. <laughs> Can you imagine that? just going to go to the drive-thru and you like, Can I take your order? <laughs> so, wait, uh, so I'm confused. What did Elvis's car do?
0: It did nothing. It was just like just really fancy <laughs> or something. As people were just so in love with Elvis at that time. They would go I, I, pay money to look at
2: his car. I assume it probably it was at least like playing Elvis music in the car.
3: Maybe.
1: I'm sure, like, Elvis' music was, like, playing.
0: I, I, I'm sure it wasn't, like, silent. Or <laughs> hey, have
2: respect for the car. <laughs> no talking. So no, I, that. I think that's a good idea about a singing an Elvis car. <laughs> El-van. <laughs> I not like it. I, I figured he's just so impressed that... Yeah,
1: puke. <laughs> Why didn't I think of that?
2: <laughs> Why did I think of that? It makes me sick. Stop doing that. But Sergeant Peppers. You know it's pretty good. I just I just don't think it's it's it fits this list. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs>
1: one of the highest praise ever heaped on that album
0: <laughs> pretty
2: <laughs> good let's off good this as a car though yeah yeah, yeah. One, stop bolting john <laughs>
1: So Softball saw the Flaming Lips uh, in a situation not unlike Rush when they recorded 2112. They'd been around for a while, they'd put out a bunch of albums, uh, but no one cared at all. <laughs> Even me, going back. I don't care. <laughs> what? What's that? Uh, she Don't Use Jelly? They were going to be like a one-hit wonder, probably, because of She Don't Use Jelly.
2: She don't use jelly. She uses Vaseline.
1: Sorry. Uh, and so and their guitarist quit. He was out of there. It's like, fuck you guys. Take my guitar and leave. Quote. End quote. Uh, and so they're like, alright. Here's the plan. We've always been a guitar driven band. Doing awesome guitar stuff, I guess. I don't know. I don't really like it. They probably did though. They, probably <laughs> they don't pretty, like their music. They probably felt pretty good about it. It would be unfair to say they didn't like it. And so they went in and they like got all fascinated with weird modern technology. And were like, Yeah, we're gonna put a sound called Zyreka. And it's going to be on four discs, and people are going to drive up with four cars, and everyone's going to have one of the discs and then play it on the, everyone's stereos. It'll be awesome. And the record studio was like, Yeah, great. That sounds awesome. <laughs> you guys should do like a real album, too. <laughs> and so they started working on this thing uh, called the Soft Bullet. In which got shortened to the soft bulletin because it sounds cool I guess I mean if, if, you, <laughs> if you look at Flaming Lips stuff a lot of it's like eh, it sounds cool it looks cool it's kind of there they don't have much of a process it seems like um, but what they did do uh, was simultaneously make their music a lot more catchy um, maybe even more accessible well certainly more accessible than whatever the fuck they were doing on Zyrica how do you even listen to that?
3: Can you, you buy get that on four ride?
1: stereos
2: yeah.
1: you have to have four stereos? they, they did like release it.
2: a CD version that's like different I guess that is supposed to still be pretty good I don't know so anyway, Soft Bulletin, they're like, fuck it,
1: guitar's gone, we're going to get into electronic beats, we're going to be fucking with shit, we're going to be using the keyboard to play all sorts of weird instruments. And it worked out awesome. Uh, they made absolutely one of the best albums of the 90s, and completely redefined their sound. And it uh, went on to make a few more really good albums, kind of in the model of, of the Soft Bulletin. Uh, story wise I used to think there was a story to it because it um, I mean if I could believe it If, if you could convince me if you've heard Race for the Prize it, it's talking about two scientists trying to solve this huge problem and then there are, there are songs you know waiting for a Superman about uh, being hopeless and like i I thought there was maybe a story to it, but i, I looked into it and not not really, although there's definitely uh, a thematic uh you know approach this, this this is them talking about mortality I think every song is somewhat about mortality so, uh, especially the spider bite song which is about a, a real event where one of the members of the band got bit by a spider and almost lost his arm because the, the bite was so bad. It's
2: pretty heavy, Pretty awesome. I really don't think this is a concept album. It when sounds I'm, like Zyrica is, I mean, I've seen that documentary on the flaming lips and I've heard, you know, a couple of these, and we went into depth explaining why Zyrica was, but I still am not sold on why Soft Bulletin is in any way a concept album. I mean, because of they course, are... all, like, I, feel, I feel like a lot of the more recent Flaming Lips albums all sound kind of an, like an exploration just because of the fact that they're like psychedelic and they're expansive and atmospheric, and I really love that. I just don't think it's a concept album. One thing, I know this shouldn't mean anything, but if you go to Wikipedia... And then you search, you know, the word concept. It doesn't come up once. I'm just saying. That doesn't mean anything to me. (laughs) Okay, but I'm just saying I've never heard anyone call it a concept album until you put it on the list. Well, so to you, a concept album has to be a narrative? It doesn't have to be a narrative, but it has to have a tying theme. And maybe there is a tying theme here, but it's not clear enough for me to recognize that there's some sort of thing that brings these all together. And if it's that unclear then, yeah, it doesn't fit for me.
1: But I th- more than it just being... The, the there's a I think there's a theme to the music. But more than that, it's it's we're going to make music in this totally different way from everything else we've ever done. And they assumed it was going to be just one album like this and then the band would probably break up because they weren't making any money.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, it may be different from what they've done, but I still feel like a concept, yeah, is mostly a theme theme or narrative ties everything together. I just don't see that here.
1: You think the theme can't be we're making totally different music for this one album?
2: Well, Has anyone else heard the Soft Bulletin? Yeah. I have. You, I mean, I, I,
3: I, I just... My experience with the Flaming Lips was I really liked Yoshima, and then I was like, I better check out this, and then I was like, not about it as much, and then kind of just stopped
0: listening to Flaming Lips. <laughs> I mean, I've probably spent more time with Yoshimi, but this I could definitely believe you that this is their best album. It seems really good. I probably need to listen to it more. Again, I think a lot of... You can make the argument for a lot of bands with albums where they take a totally different approach that's completely different from what they are doing before. It happens all the time. It doesn't make it a concept. They just decided to do something different. I'd agree with that. Well, like I mean, by that standard, you could say like Kid A by Radiohead is a concept album because it was so much different from OK Computer, or Revolver was a concept album because it was so much different from Rubber Soul. It, it's, I don't think it's a concept.
1: I just think it's bigger than. that. But okay.
0: Um. <laughs> I don't know. I feel bad knocking all your suggestions down.
1: Hey, it's okay. I got uh, one left. It's in the suburbs by Arcade Fire. Yeah. Z. It's a bunch of songs about the uh, suburban sprawl and, and, and growing up
2: outside the city. Mm-hmm. I was missed the first time yesterday. Oh my god. It's pretty good. What I like about RK R- Fire is I feel like they just have this set way of writing songs that's just automatically gonna be like pretty enjoyable where they just have like one piano part going through the whole song and then you just have like a pretty simple chord progression but then there's all this stuff piled on top of that it's just a great sound it's always sounds so big i don't know that's one way of looking at it i suppose why'd you
1: wait (laughs) so long huh why did you wait so long
2: i don't know does it matter because I have listening to other stuff. It's not like I just go for long periods of time not listening to nothing. I Yeah, I didn't listen to the Arcade Fire until earlier this year. Though I do like the other two albums better than this one, actually. But I still like this one. Sounds about right. Is the first one a concept? It's got a lot of songs with the same name. I mean, you
0: could make a case that it's a concept album about death, I guess, but... I wouldn't say it's a concept album.
2: It's too bad because that one blows me away. This one I like. I don't like as much, but yeah, I mean... think I
0: think they're all really strong albums. Is this your favorite, Sean?
1: My favorite Arcade
0: Fire album. Yeah. No. 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 Okay.
2: <laughs> I Not was just tonight, the other you day
0: know. you were like talking about how yeah I think about the last few years in music and the Suburb is probably like the one for me
1: yeah Funeral is really good
0: yeah but uh yeah when you put this on the list I th- didn't really strike me as a concept album I never thought of that way but listening back to a bunch of the songs yeah I see it it definitely seemed like it's told from the perspective of, of living in the suburbs I think and it's I,
2: definitely a concept album yeah. I figured all their albums were concept albums. They just always seem like they're trying to tell some sort of story. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is an album we all like, though. I think that's a, or at least three of us. I think that's a big plus. know, yeah. so I'd take that as a good sign. Hooray. Just, yeah, one that's all we need.
1: It. It's like when you're trying to get a girl pregnant. You just need the one sperm to get through. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> glad y'all heard
0: that one yep every word of it can you hear me
2: tommy can you hear me Let's talk about him. Let's talk about Tommy. For me, this kind of is the concept album. It's like the ultimate one. It sticks so closely to a story. It has this in- really kind of interesting narrative, actually. I mean, it was silly when they made it into a movie. Like, I don't know if that was successful, but in the concept of just working in the-, the confines of an album, it worked really, really well. Just going through this character who can't, like, see or here death on the Blind, you know all that stuff but he's really good at pinball he's kind of like jesus
0: <laughs> well, i'd say basically becomes jesus <laughs> basically <laughs> through, being, through being good at pinball which is a pretty weird story but you know the music's also good that it, it works and it flows and
2: well I, yeah, remember, I, think... like, I was just gonna say the whole pinball thing i thought was, there's was like some record got the record company or they're like, oh, this guy really likes pinball. So like, oh, let's impress him by doing a song about pinball. And the guy's like, I don't, I don't really like this. <laughs> but I guess they worked it in or something somehow. But you were saying? Yeah, it, it does kind of feel
0: like the first time someone set out to do a rock concept album where it really, really held true to the concept and I mean, you can you can basically follow the story the whole way through, as even though it takes some weird turns. And I feel like there are lots of rock operas where where I can't really tell what's going on. I know it's all interconnected, but
2: yeah, yeah, that that's perfect. Is that the first time a uh, rock opera has come into this conversation? Because that's totally what it is. Yeah, an opera is basically just like well, like it's kind of like a musical play, sort of but this this rocks and there's different characters and different styles and sounds. Uh, Oh man, there's just, there's just so much to like here too. I mean, it's it's even got like, it's even got like good singles and you wouldn't expect like this kind of album to have stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It's just cool to see a band that was doing like pop rock songs and then attempt to do pop rock songs in this long form concept. And for it to still like really work so well,
0: it's interesting. It seems like it's another case where the band was kind of frustrated. Like Pete Townsend thought, like "I can see for miles" was the best song he would ever write, and it didn't like become as huge of a hit as he thought it could have. So it was kind of this time where the band wasn't really reaching the amount of success they would get to. So they just. Thought of this weird concept and tried to go for just this huge project, and somehow became really successful because of it.
2: And then it became a very bizarre movie. Colin, you've seen the movie, right? Oh yeah, that yeah. I a, saw it in high school. And there's like, movie. This I remember when I rented it. My dad was like, "Oh, I really like this movie." When I was, you know, you know, in my twenties and stuff, I saw it twice, and. <laughs> And we watched it and he's like, man, I must have been like really <laughs> wasted or high because this is not that good. Because it's so bizarre. Some of the casting I feel like, was it Oliver Reed?
0: Yeah. That was, the, was the, the uncle.
2: And he was good. He was very fitting. And Roger Daltrey starred, you know, whatever, that works. Sure. Um, Jack Nicholson, remember, he was like the doctor. That's the doctor. And he talked his song and it was like the worst thing ever. <laughs> And the doctor man. How's that song go again? I don't,
0: it's
2: don't remember. That,
0: it's that one that's like digga digga ding, digga digga ding, digga digga ding.
2: Yeah, he was in. He was just sitting down, just like talking. That was a little. That was a little strange. And then I remember Eric Clapton was the hawker, and I really don't like how every time it seems like that song is performed now, it's like a blues rock song. Because I really love how that song is done on the album. It's got a, it's done in a really interesting. I don't even know how to explain it. Uh, if I don't know if you, how well you guys remember that song, but that one was my favorite. Like, oh, I guess it was by Sunny Boy Williamson. So that would make sense why it took on a bluesy style later on. But it wasn't bluesy on the original album. But yeah, the movie doesn't quite work, but in album form, it really works. Uh, Nancy, Sean, you guys. I'm sure you guys like some, too. You want to add anything? It's good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the only thing
3: I didn't... I mean, the only drawback to me is I've probably only listened to the entire thing like four times or something. I mean, it's so
0: long. It is a double album, know. Yeah,
3: I mean, like, a lot of the times I'll just get through
2: my favorite songs and then listen to something else. <laughs> you know, that's, that's funny because this is one that I listen to a lot. I think they did a good job of spacing out all the good songs. I mean, yeah, I some mean, of the it's... better ones are, um, like, I'm Free is kind of a radio hit, and that's, like, one of the last uh, songs on the album. Yeah, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i not, like, but it's
3: just when I, when I feel like listening to Tommy to, like, listen to the whole thing, I, like, like, a planet, you know? It's, like, an event. Oh, yeah, just, I, mean, so, I can't really, like, throw it on, I don't know, when I'm, like, in the car or something.
2: Sure. Mowing the lawn. Mowing the lawn. But, I mean, on the topic of long... fields. I, th- I think uh, when it comes to long albums, though, it's pretty... It's about as well-paced as you can get a long album. Yeah, yeah. It's paced totally. so well, like... It's not like there's like a bunch of songs in the middle that are like 15 minutes long or something. You know? There's a lot of breathing room here. I think you're right. I think Who's Next would be a better lawn knowing album. <laughs> I agree. And it's funny because wasn't Who's Next originally supposed to be a concept album? It was supposed to be Lifehouse. Yeah. It was just like this project that Pete Townsend was working on that never came about
0: seems like it was just too big to get off the road, like I think it was supposed to be like a film as well
2: mhm- but well, pretty much all the songs on it ended up being on who's Next so yeah that's, that's good at least we got to hear a lot of it, what it would have been but let's skip one more album down the road and talk about Quadrophenia. now this one's mostly about like uh what do you call 'em the the mod, mod mods feature. the mods versus the greasers sort of right that kind of clash between them i mean it's mostly about mods
0: yeah because in the early days the who were
2: that's kind of uh, banned. yeah
0: they were associated with that whole scene the the,
2: the the fashion and the just lifestyle and this one also has a movie clutch <laughs> with sting i'd like to see the movie i've never seen the movie yeah it
0: just got a like criterion collection release so maybe it's good
2: yeah, but doesn't Armageddon have a criterion? It's true. It deserves it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Quadrophenia does follow... It follows a character, right?
0: Yeah, it's basically... Yeah. It, I mean, it seems like sort of your typical sort of young man trying to find his way in the world trying to work a steady job or keep his relationship with his girlfriend and, and stuff like that. But, you know, the songs are so powerful and emotional that it just rings true for me. I mean, I had this one on vinyl, and I could listen to it the whole way through. <laughs> and once you get to love rain all over me, you're just, like, exhausted and, like, Pumped up at the same time, like you feel like you've been through an experience just because the music's so <laughs> so big and and emotional, really.
2: Yeah, it's funny. It's another big concept album, but I, I wouldn't say it's anything like Tommy. It's so much more driven by angst. Yeah, and like it's emotion, funny. and like being a young man and being.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: this is one I've never been able to follow the story as well songs are longer this one is feels a lot longer too but it, i mean i th- it still think it's really great um so i don't think i like it as much as tommy just because the fact that i have a little more trouble following it but these songs are just like the pinnacle of rock hard rock for the who i feel like these songs are really heavy i mean uh, as heavy as they got which is pretty still pretty good uh yeah i, mean, I don't know it's, it's awesome it's got a sweet album cover too like i wearing the cape a motorcycle. Mm. I think it's a cape. I can't. I never thought it's a cape or a, j- or a big jacket. I always thought it was just a jacket. You know, I guess I always thought it looked like a cape because it's like a really long jacket. It's like an overcoat. I think it'd be really dangerous to drive a motorcycle with a
1: cape
3: on. <laughs> <laughs> says Batman,
2: yeah, Batman does it. Where's his content? You're saying right? this guy's <laughs> as good as Batman? <laughs> It is Batman.
3: Maybe
2: just Maybe um, he's as good Batman. at riding motorcycles as Batman. <laughs> can you oh, imagine a
0: Batman a concept album though? That's all I can think about now. <laughs> <laughs> I believe in good.
2: Like talks all his parts.
0: I just see it as a musical, like Spider Man Turn Off the Dark or whatever.
2: <laughs> yeah, why does it have such a bad title? Spider Man Turn Off the Dark. Because you know what happens when we turn off the lights. <laughs> Very yeah. good. Did I ever, like, get shown?
1: Yeah. I feel like it had a
2: million previews.
1: Yeah, but people kept hurting themselves. I had to keep
0: postponing it. <laughs> I it yeah, I actually like Quadrophenia about as much as Tommy. I mean, Quadrophenia doesn't seem to be held as in high regard. Which Not at all.
3: Be. I don't even think it's yeah. close.
0: I don't like, think so. I, I don't
3: even remember hearing about it until like way later in my Who career. Yeah. I remember like calling like, have you heard this? And I was like, no. I, never I mean, I, I don't <laughs> no, know. I guess
2: <laughs> I, was, I always thought it was pretty big to, to me. It always seemed like one of their biggest albums, but I don't know. Maybe that's just uh, because I grew up way after it came out. <laughs>
1: Uh, I don't know. My who tastes have definitely changed towards the, their harder stuff.
2: So I'm all about it now. But probably back in the day, I was just talking about Tommy. Mm-hmm. I think we did a, a top ten in who songs, and I believe I put the real me as my number one. And didn't I? I
0: think so. <laughs> that sounds weird. yeah.
2: Yeah, I, I think I stand by that. That's pretty that's pretty good one.
0: Yeah, Scott. Like the sweetest bass part ever from John. Owens. It's just like
2: that. Everyone's like just off, like almost soloing or doing their own, like a fill the whole time, and just like rocks so hard.
0: So yeah, I feel like this was kind of the pinnacle of them as musicians because I feel like after this, didn't Keith Moon like forget how to play drums or something?
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, there's they did by numbers, but then yeah, this was like on. He's on the down turn here yeah <laughs> this is like the last like really great I think drum performance he did because I don't feel like his drums are as good on the next couple of albums so um,
0: what I don't remember how this happened I know I, is... I know
2: that's true but I feel like that was more before Who Are You was it yeah no. I, Moon like they are going back in the studio and he like couldn't like play good anymore because he'd taken up so much damage on his body and he was <laughs> like so he had to work his way back up to where he was. Yeah, no, that's true. I've heard that before. Best of...
3: I mean yeah. like but like I, I feel like playing playing drums is so physical, you know? And it is so much like so much more physical than uh intellectual, like that if you're doing that much damage to your body with drugs and alcohol and stuff, you know, it's totally believable how you could like, you know, you know, just how, like, you, you couldn't play baseball doing that, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, Sounds yeah, like a. I can totally see how your skills could, like, really, you know, go down, you know, rather than, like, playing guitar or something. Like, you know, that guy from uh, what's White it? Snake. No, the guy from Molly uh, <laughs> Lee's band. I can't remember. Um, Motley Crew. Molly Crew, that guy's like. A,
2: Thousand years old and he can't even move, but he can still
0: shred. It. Oh, Mick Mars. Yeah. Oh, what was, was that fossil? Like,
2: what snake was that? <laughs> but yeah, the guy's got like this bone disorder. It's like shrinking his skeleton. <laughs> 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 that is a disgusting disease. Holy <laughs> shit! It's, like this spinal thing, he's getting like shorter and hunched over. He's lost like three inches in height.
1: Will eventually his bones just disappear they're so small?
2: I think they can, like, combat it. Uh,
1: Can you imagine a person without bones? Yeah. How How would they play the drums? I don't think they would. (laughs) How would they eat hamburgers?
2: I... Can't tell you that. I'm not sure. Do you think they still have their teeth just floating around their mouth? Teeth stones, <laughs> well,
3: aren't they? They wouldn't have them.
2: So Quadrophenia, yeah, I'd say it's the pinnacle of their musicianship. I like to think it's also the pinnacle of their sloppiness, but that's kind of their charm of their style of musicianship. Yeah, I love that. Like how like almost freeform rock it is. <laughs>
0: Like, they just could keep on going, rocking for days, like the same like, song.
2: I feel like every member of the band could be doing something totally different, like soloing, not hearing the other members of the band, and it still sound, like, pretty cool, yeah. just because of the styles that they played. Uh, yeah, so Cardofenia is pretty sweet. Uh, does that? Are we at list-making time? Bet your butt.
0: Well, we got exactly ten right now.
2: It's pretty amazing.
1: Well, we got exactly ten if we combine both Kinks albums,
2: both Pink Floyd albums, and both Who albums. I, I don't really feel like combining the albums, but if it's just easier for everybody, I'm fine with it.
0: I'm just a little weird about Dark Side of the Moon being a concept album.
2: It does seem like it should more just be The Wall.
0: Because it's... Like, I get, like, putting the Kinks together, because they're both about so being bad. British And both the Who albums are rock operas, but I feel like Dark Side of the Moon and The Wall are pretty different from each other because The Wall is basically a rock opera, I feel like. Yeah, why not? Dark Side of the Moon is just
2: a bunch of songs. Yeah. I agree. You guys don't like more
1: confusing concepts. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Makes it harder to make a list.
2: Uh, all the albums I haven't heard are lower for me. I'm just putting that out there right now okay, so, and I think there's two that I haven't heard here i you know i I, I could care less about the order of all most of these <laughs> just like the last couple of three are probably the ones that I care about. So, if someone just wants to start calling stuff out, I'll support you.
0: I mean, for me, it'd be Rush. I mean, I've only heard the um once. And it's fine. Uh, You just hate Rush. I I like moving pictures. The thing about Rush, I like Rush. That's because
3: it's the most, like, normal. (sighs) Probably. I feel like Rush,
1: they make music that's supposed to be like, really complex, really appealing to people who nice. care about the technical aspects of music, but also just totally not viable
0: at all for a mainstream audience.
3: I mean, we could put it
0: higher if, if you're passionate about it and it seems fine with that. Um, I just
3: feel like it is, I mean, it's not like it's like a bunch of, like, weird, like, I don't know. It's not that weird. It's just mute, you know. It's not like it's pretty weird.
0: I think it's hard for someone who gets totally gets rushed to explain to someone else. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to have that conversation. Yeah. I mean,
2: yeah. <laughs> I just gonna I, alienate him. I've heard that album though. It's a plus. Yeah. <laughs> that really helps you. <laughs> Do what you must.
0: I mean, I could also put the Frank Sinatra one lower. I wasn't even expecting it to make the list, just because it's old. Do it! (laughs) Okay.
1: Okay?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Sean, what do you think? Uh...
1: I'd probably put Good Old Boys next. Yeah, whatever.
2: <laughs> you didn't want to know, did you? No, no, no. I, I'm not saying I don't. No, that's fine. I just mean whatever as it yeah, that sounds about right.
0: Yeah. I mean, for me, it's either you know Good Old Boys or '69 Love Songs.
2: I've heard oh, Good yeah. Old Boys, but
1: Sean's just because that's true. John, you you don't you don't really know the '69 love songs. You just Which don't ones? like. Like ten of
0: them. Okay. Yeah, I mean, John's probably more passionate about Good Old Boys than Sean is about '69 love songs. Ah,
1: oh, that sounds true to me.
0: And I'm about passionate. I'm really passionate about both. I love both of them, but. All
1: right, then I'll put it to you.
0: Well, by that standard, I would say '69 uh, love songs at eight, and then Good Old Boys at seven. Hell yeah. <laughs> Next. Uh, I guess maybe Illinois, just because John hasn't heard it.
1: Not because Nancy hasn't heard it.
0: Well,
2: (laughs) well, that was never going to happen, right? Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'd probably like it more than the suburbs. Might even like it more than The Wall, but. Yeah, it's fine at six. You
1: know what? I'd like it a lot more, though, than both Kinks albums. Really? Way more.
0: Uh, I don't think I do. uh, I mean, I'd be willing to put them lower if that's what you want, because we're already getting pretty high up on the list.
1: Yeah, I think the other four left... I mean, assuming Illinois is number six, I, I think the Kinks double features
3: would be five. Yeah, I would,
0: I would put it above the suburbs. Sure. Just because it's pretty new, and I think we all kind of agree that it's not even their best album. And I feel like Arthur and Village Green are, for me, the two best Kinks albums, and they're a pretty great band.
1: I guess I guess I just like Arcade Fire more than I like The King
0: probably but I don't think me and John do
2: yeah I like The King's better once I got two albums going up against one (laughs) tag team
0: back again
2: (laughs) yeah that that pushed it ahead for me saying that (laughs)
1: How we get things done?
0: Uh, I guess I put the wall next.
2: Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, pretty, pretty ambitious, pretty amazing.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Seems a little weird putting Ziggy Stardust so high because I've never really gotten the concept.
2: It's definitely a concept. I feel like it is a concept. It certainly is. It's just.
1: I don't know. So good, a concept. He keeps it going with yeah. Aladdin sane,
0: and it's yeah, you know, it's a great album. It's probably for me my favorite Bowie album.
1: I mean, it's my so, number one, but I'm guessing it's not anyone else's.
0: I, yeah, I feel like you got to go with the Who at number two. I feel like they really, really kind of perfected the concept album.
2: With to Tommy. me, they, they invented the rock opera. I mean, maybe someone else, you could argue that, but to me, that's just, they. that's them. Yeah. wants to read it off?
1: I want Nancy's last thoughts. He hasn't spoken in, like, the last six picks. Are you so okay with this? Or so pissed. You just pissed about Rush being number nine.
0: <laughs> they stand alone.
1: If you're pissed about that, think about how hard... A, a episode this was for me I'm
3: just trying to deal with these cats trying to freaking kill them
1: <laughs> my cat's here too
3: she's not doing anything that's because she's afraid of life
0: you gonna take that nigga <laughs> can somebody please read it <laughs> off
1: <laughs> our uh top 10 concept <laughs> albums of all time up to now and retroactive. the future
0: <laughs> this is the definitive list
1: of all time and it begins at number 10 uh, with uh, In the Wee Small Hours by Frank Sinatra number 9 is uh, 2112 by Rush number 8 69 Love Songs by The Magnetic Fields number 7 Good Old Boys by Randy Newman number 6 I'm just going to call it Illinois uh, by Sue John Stevens. Number five, The Suburbs by Arcade Fire. Number four, a tie between Arthur or the decline and fall of the British Empire and uh, The Kinks Are, the Village Green Preservation Society, which I believe were actually released in the reverse of that order. Uh, Number three, The Wall by Pink Floyd. (laughs) Number two uh, The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust And The Spiders from Mars uh, By David Bowie And number one Another tie Tommy and Quadrophenia uh, Both by the Who. As always I'd like to remind you That you can send us an email At uh, t 3 com, Or go to our website mildlyplease.com Or just rate us on iTunes I mean that's a thing People do Theoretically, I don't think so. I've never done it. but I hear I hear it's about as fun as one you know. and equally yes, as satisfying until next time though uh, we've been top 10 Thursday
0: operator get me
1: Beijing